0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Contrera, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. Welcome back, everybody. You know, as always, you know where to find me. My link is going to be on my Facebook. You also can go directly to wherever you get your podcasts, especially the Anchor app, Anchor.fm, and Spotify. You know, if you go into to Spotify right now, like if you pause right now, and you went to Spotify and you found my face, they, def- they finally got my name spelled right? And you click follow. What it's going to do is let you know. It's going to alert you every time I have a new episode up. Just like this one. And what you also could do to help me out. And I appreciate those of you have been helping me out a lot. Share my stuff. Share it on Facebook. Share it to anybody you know who's sports fans. Especially football fans. Especially in Louisiana. Or outside of it. It doesn't really matter. But thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it a whole lot. I know I didn't have an episode this past week. But. Let's be honest, this past week was a boring week in all of sports, even in football. There was really nothing going on, and you know me, I don't like to just put out stuff just to talk about. So, wanted to make sure I had something that just really inspired me to talk, and I do have a little bit of something here today on Sports Sunday, another episode of Sports Sunday. I know you love them. I know you miss them. Hey, before I jump off into it, just want to let you know, football season started. Y'all know, preseason has started with uh, with the pros, with the NFL. And college football is going to start really soon, man. We're two to three weeks away, uh, and that's exciting, man. It's like you're, you're getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas Eve as a kid. So it's beginning to be that fun time of year, you know, you know, campfires and, and you know marshmallows and cooler temperatures and football. And in saying that, just want to remind you for those of you who are avid listeners, the beginning of season is coming up you know i'm not going to do it during the preseason i'll start it most likely uh season one i'm sorry week one of the season especially in nfl i will be doing the take it to the bank picks uh i may be doing it a little bit differently i may sprinkle in some college games this year it just depends because you know i normally do it on saturday anyway uh, so that might be kind of taken away from them but i may do it sooner and i may be inviting some more people you know my, my my best bud my son he's always on there with me i might be inviting some more people too and kind of changing up the format on there. So, I'm, you know, I'm playing with that. And I'm still working on getting the merch. Don't worry about that. I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's coming up soon. Uh, for those of you who share my stuff on Facebook, I will be getting you some merch as well. And you can advertise m- my stuff out in public as well. So, I appreciate it again. So, Sports Sunday. I'm going to be talking about two things right now because we're getting closer. Two football things. Uh, you know, baseball season is going great. Uh, and if you're a Braves fan, you love it. If you're, you know, you, most of your teams, you love them. But it's it's so close to football, man. I'm loving it. I'm, I got to talk about it. So, I'm gonna talk about the two home teams. I'm gonna talk about LSU, and I'm gonna talk about the Saints a little bit because we're so much closer to college football season kicking off. LSU plays in like three weeks. And man, there hasn't been much talk about them at all. I mean, literally there. I mean, not even locally there hadn't been that much talk, and most people aren't even like paying attention. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to give you some answers on some stuff. that people may, you know, as the season gets closer, you may not even realize what's happening. I'm going to give you some that, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of recap uh, and my thoughts on the Saints season moving forward. Uh, who shined in last night's game, and who I think looks better than who else, uh, and and we'll go from there too on that. So. But before I do that, you know, the Hall of Fame was just announced not too long ago, the Hall of Fame. And right after they do that, they always do people who are up on the board for next year and, and uh, you know, are finalists for next year, etc. And there's some names that always get left off and some people that really should be uh, in the Hall of Fame uh, that don't get in over people that probably didn't need to be in. I, you know, I have my arguments on some of the people that are in that, that you know, that just doesn't. But there is a, a local name that's up on the list uh, for next year for his first time up being on the list, and I didn't even really, uh, you know, expect it. I didn't expect it to see him, but it's a Tulane boy, Matt Forte. Uh, his name is up there, and and when you look at the stats, it's really good. I just didn't realize it because, you know, going back in our time, in my my age time, uh, my generation, you really think of. Uh, Hall of Famer as a generational type player. Somebody that absolutely dominated the league. Uh, I mean, you're Joe Montana's you're Jerry Rices, you're Ronnie Lotts, I mean, you're Ricky Jacksons. All these people, man, and and those were like household names. Lawrence Taylor's, Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith. Those were household names. Everybody knew about them, Uh, even outside of those who actually paid attention to football avidly, and so you knew it. But I'm really happy that Matt's on there. Uh, you know, a slide L boy playing in Tulane, going up playing in Chicago and play for the Jets for a little while too. That was a, that was, I mean, anybody who plays for the Jets, it's just kind of a disaster, especially later on in their career. I mean, you had Tebow there, you had Daniel Thomas, and yes, many people didn't realize LT went up there too. So, uh, anyway, I'm just, hey, I'm excited about that to have somebody that's lo- semi local uh, going and have an opportunity to have their name called, to have their bust. Uh, their face up there in in Canton, that, that would be huge. So I'm, I'm, I'll be looking out for it too. I hope it does happen. So let's step off into the episode. I'm going to be talking LSU first. Like I said, many people aren't really paying attention. Really? I'm going to talk about some battles. I'm going to talk about how the team looks, what they're going to look like. Uh, you know, they, the LSU is getting, uh, some hype from some people that are outside of the state. Um, you know, bigger media people, people, uh, I say bigger media people, media people outside of Louisiana are giving them some props. And it's pretty huge. I heard one guy going off. He's like, listen, with Brian Kelly being the head coach there, uh, this guy has wanted everywhere he's, he's been, whether it's Delta college, uh, was it Delta? I think it was Delta. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, you may, you may say, what well, roll your eyes when you hear about what he did in Notre Dame, etc., But, what he did at Notre Dame was pretty impressive. To have a team in the uh, in, in the college football playoff, uh, what twice and in, in the national title game once, if I'm, i might be getting it wrong. But and, and looking at the the recruiting landscape that that was while he was there, it's different than when Lou Holtz was there back in the day. Notre Dame was a household name. Everybody was watching him on NBC. They're not the same. But what the guys were talking about is like this guy is a winner. He's won everywhere he's he's gone. And now he's going to, and he, he's even said it himself, now he's going to have more talent than he's ever had at any point in his career. And when you when you look at that's like like a mad scientist with like some like his favorite toys to play with. That's brand new favorite toys. Wish off the wish list, off your Amazon list of what you could play with. So I'm excited to see. And some of the people are saying, hey, you need to look out. Uh, for this team and they could be dangerous even this year and uh, uh and you know they could surprise a lot of people even this year they need to solidify a couple things and i'll talk about that in just a moment too but they could very well surprise a lot of people uh, i mean they have low expectations i think vegas has them at six and a half wins uh for you know for right now um I think I have them at 7-5 or 8-4. and four. I can't remember what I said. Those of you who listen to the podcast can come back and tell me I didn't listen to my own and tell you. Uh, that's you know, that's kind of funny. Um, so, uh, you know, they, it's, they could be a team that's going to surprise a lot of people. I You know, I had them beating some teams that most people probably didn't have, especially even in the States. So, jumping off into it. Starting off really quick, you know, this is the question for everybody anyway, is who's going to be the starting quarterback? And you have some names there, man. You have some big names. You have um, J T. Daniels. Is it J- no JT J- Daniels? Good grief, Daniels, the transfer from. Uh, now I couldn't think of his name. Jalen J- Daniels, dad gon it, the transfer from Arizona State. You got Miles Brennan, uh, who's been there for 17 years, uh, from you know four-star recruit out of Mississippi, out of uh, Brett Favre's High School, and uh, you know got Nussmeyer. And then you got Walker Howard. So you got four big guys. And then you also have some other guys on the roster. And you got some more guys coming in next year, too. So, But so it looks bright. Uh, and a lot of people were really kind of hoping this was going to be the year that maybe Miles Brennan can really step up. And that would be his role. Didn't really want to see the transfer going in and taking the position away. Uh, I, I will tell you this. He was the he led the pack 12, Daniels. I'm talking about led the pack 12 in completion percentage, so that's one thing to look at, even though some people say because he's a dual threat guy, he can't hit the broad side of a barn. It's absolutely not true. Now, I didn't watch it and see if it was all six yard passes and screen passes, uh, but his completion percentage was the top in the pack 12, and so that does say a little something. So, uh, but the talk is that, yeah, well, finally today they did have a, a, a report that Miles Brennan threw the ball really good, looked really good today. Uh, but the big the talk about it is that he's just kind of looks like he's going through the motions. And it looks like there it is a two-man battle, but he's the third man out. And it's not even Walker Howard, because Walker Howard's going to have some time before he, he really needs to get in there. You don't want to throw a young guy in there too soon. Uh, we've learned that lesson, hopefully, at LSU. You don't throw, throw a young guy in there too soon. Uh, but it's between Daniels and us. And, uh, that's that's pretty huge uh, for you know a guy that was in the transfer portal and decided to come back you know I, I think on there if if he doesn't make the squad he can still transfer out just like uh, I can't think of the guy's name as a quarterback he transferred after the spring game a few years ago um, when when burrow took over so uh, uh, so you have those opportunities but look I just want whoever's behind center to just do their job. You got the athletes uh, that are that can do the job for you. Just get them an opportunity to do it. Don't look like a deer in the headlights. Don't worry about trying to win the games all by yourself. Don't try to be Joe Burrow. I just want you to, if you need to be a game manager, be a game manager. If you need to be a playmaker, be it. Be whatever you need to be to don't be a hindrance to the offense. I mean, we had atrocious quarterback play for years under Les Miles. So we don't need to see any more of that. We don't need to regress back to that. And uh, and I will tell you this, the the season that, uh, uh, the COVID season that Miles Brennan was a starting quarterback before he got injured, uh, he had some great stats, better stats than any other quarterback, even Joe Burrow. But when you watch the games, uh, he did have some Jordan Jefferson type situations and Brandon Harris and Anthony Jennings type situations where it looked like he was a deer in the headlights and uh you know just kind of dancing in the pocket till he got sacked or threw the ball away you know so there was some times that you're like all right dude we know you got the goods man just settle down take a deep breath and just let it rip let's go with it but uh just it just didn't you know it it didn't get out there whether it needed to um, even though it's great stats you know you don't don't get me started on the stats and Jameis Winston nonsense, but the, you understand what I'm saying there. So, uh, who knows? He could take a big turn. We're still a couple weeks away. There has not been a uh, a decision on who's going to start the game against Florida State. Um, so, just be looking out. Cheer on whoever it is. Be an LSU fan through and through. Right. So. We, uh, mo- I, you know, most everybody in Louisiana has low expectations for this season anyway, so I completely understand. Moving on to the next position situation that we're talking about, position battles that people have questions about, is the running back room. Now, this is another position group that has a lot of questions uh, because you have Ty Davis Price is gone, uh, Kiner is gone. I mean, you has some other transfer. I mean, so... Really, the only name that anybody know, knows on there is Emory. But Emory has been MIA because of situations, suspension, etc. but in, ineligible to play. And he's finally back, which is huge because we need him and we need his explosiveness, and he could be big in this offense. But behind him, you don't really have much, right? I mean, you have some depth. You have a walk-on. I can't think of the guy's name, but you know he played really good last year when he came in. And then you have a transfer from Penn State, Noah Cain, which is actually a uh, Louisiana boy that was highly recruited for LSU. LSU really wanted him, and now he came back and transferred back. Those two could be your one-two punch. That could be huge, and then you have some gems there. So be looking out for those two. Those are going to be your top two backs for sure. And the other guy, I can't think of his name. I think his number was 27. I can't remember, or 24. No, it wasn't 24. Anyway, so keep a watch out for those. My biggest question mark, and you know we'll get to the defense in a moment. My biggest question mark is what has been my question mark for the last few years. Outside of 2019, it's been the biggest Achilles heel from 17, 18, 20 and 21. Uh, is the offensive line. And now Brian Kelly is an offensive line machine uh, meaning he puts out guys that play at those positions, all five positions, puts them in the league, they are dominant. They're dominant while they're in his programs, and so so you you have this hope that he could turn that around here too. There's no big names. I mean, there are some. Don't don't get me wrong. We got a big five star recruit this year. You have uh, Cordell Thomas, but there's still a bunch of questions. It's still really iffy because of what we've seen, right? Uh, but I will tell you this: if you get a chance to search and Google it, you have an opportunity to do that yourself as well. This is a very deep. Uh, Uh, position group. It really is. When you look at how many people that they have for the offensive line uh, there, uh, it's a lot. And so you have depth. That's going to be huge. And hopefully what that depth does is uh, creates competition and gets them even better. Uh, And hopefully that's that's what the case is because we're looking – if you can give John Emery, Noah Kane, some time – I mean, they could shred a defense with their ability, whether it's out of the backfield or through the backfield, uh, you know. uh, And if you give a quarterback, any one of these quarterbacks, really any one of them the time of day with these playmakers, man, that's all they really need is offensive line just to be able to, they don't really have to be dominant, but if they're middle of the road compared to what they've been, uh, you know, four out of the last five years, that would be Tremendous, uh, you know what I mean. They don't have to be as good as Joe Burrow made them look in 2019, right? So that—that's what I'm looking for on there too. But just know that that is a deep, deep uh, position room. DBs, safeties are full, son. This—this this probably is the deepest. <laughs> this is the deepest position group that I've seen. There's so many people that are listed as safety. Not just DB, but actually legitimate safety uh, for for this team. And it's a ton of them. It is a ton of them. So Let me tell you some of the names. I'll go over the names real quick, too. Uh, Just some of the big names. Because you have a whole lot more there. You have two guys that transferred from Arkansas. Well, you say Arkansas. You know, like they're really good. Let me tell you this. If you didn't watch college football last year, if you didn't pay attention to LSU losing to Arkansas last year, if you didn't, you need to go back and look and see what Arkansas's record was last year. It may not be like Alabama, but that was a tough, tough defense. And so to be able to pluck these two guys away from them in the transfer portal was huge. So, And I'm talking about uh, Greg Brooks and Joe uh, Fusha. Both of these guys. I said Fuchsia wrong. But it, anyway, These two guys are safeties. These guys know how to play. They're going to be pushing for starting reps. You still got Todd Harris there. You know, some of y'all heard my thoughts on Todd Harris and Jay Ward. Those two are back. There are some holes in their game that are like Kerry Vincent Jr. that are like, oh my God, please, for the love of God, learn how to play this position, especially if you're playing safety. You are the last line of defense. That's why you're called safety. You're back there for safety reasons, okay? So, I'm hoping that they have fixed that. I'm hoping that uh, uh, Brian Kelly has fixed that, the defensive uh, coaches that he brought in. I hope they fix that. Man, I hope it, because those two, they had some times they're like they, they look like playmakers, but they also look like Kara Vincent Jr., and that's who I can think of right now because there are other people that I could have gone throughout the years. They're like, oh, my God, right? Hatcher, Hatcher back in the day, oh, my gosh, they moved in the linebacker, still got burnt all the time. Anyway. But you also have Sage Ryan and Major Burns. Major Burns is a graduate transfer from Georgia, off of that Georgia defense from last year. Immediately brings in uh, leadership, which you need in that room. Sage Ryan is going to be huge. I, I think he's going to play a lot more reps this season. That's going to be huge. Even though you have Brooks and Fidouche, uh Fadouche, Fusha. And Harrison Ward, I think he's going to have an opportunity to take some, because especially if Harrison Ward play the way that they've had in the past, Brian Kelly's not going to put up with that, Ben. I can tell you that much. So uh, you have that. Moving on to corner. Now, this has been the big, one of the biggest question marks, too, because you had everything going. Stingley's gone. Uh, Elijah Ricks is gone. Um, M- M- Dwight McLaughlin is gone. M- M- whatever his name is gone. I mean, you have nobody left there. Nobody, right? So this is a depleted cornerback room but you have some guys i'm just gonna tell you the top four and the top four are all transfers so that lets you know that they already have game experience these are not guys coming in and having to learn the speed of the game these are not guys coming in and seeing the big fields the big crowds and having to adapt to that these guys know all right um three of, I mean don't get me wrong two of them are from a smaller school but you're gonna get they know how to play and you understand what I'm saying and one of them has really been outshining all the rest of them, you know, and it's going to surprise you when I go through them. Number number one that 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 you're going to talk about is Seven Banks. Uh, yes, Seven S e y n Banks. He's a transfer from Ohio State. This guy can play, man. This guy can play. This is the uh, DBU the third, right? So LSU's DB, DBU one, uh, Florida's DBU two, and Ohio State's DB, DBU three. That's just at the. You know, go argue with your mammy if you got a problem with that. But uh, so he's coming from there. You have Makai Garner from ULL. This guy is a baller, absolute baller. I know you say ULL, but when you go back and look, that was a stout team, really good coaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jarek Bernard Converse. This is a guy that's a transfer from Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State, the Big 12, they don't play a whole lot of defense, but they have been in the last couple years. Uh, and, and, and they have been. So this guy can play too a little bit, but this is the game. This is a guy that's getting all of the hype right now. This is a guy that Frank Wilson brought over with him when he left uh, McNeese to become, uh, you know, leave from head coach to become, you know, basically a recruiter on this coaching staff. He brought over Quad Wilson. And this is a guy that's been getting all of the hype, getting all of the news, saying that he's shining over everybody. That is a big surprise. A guy from McNeese, out of all these guys, you go to Ohio State, ULL, Oklahoma State. You guys got guys coming in that are uh, highly recruited guys. Uh, you know, Terrence Welch, Latavius Welch, my bad. These, these are all highly recruited guys, right? And you got the guy from McNeese outshining everybody. It's going to be huge. So that that's. That's what we're looking like at LSU. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, those of you, but listen, I can understand. They've been low key. Hopefully, they surprise us all. Hopefully, it's a fun season, right? But listen, keep, keep, keep your expectations low, just in case, right? Because new coaching regime, a lot of transfers out, like never before, and you know a ton in. This uh, is, is this is unprecedented, right? So. There, this could be a, a a another five and five season. This could be, you know, you know, uh it could be a rough season. But so if you put your mind to that, we do a lot better than that. Then good. I know as LSU fans, were like, we gotta win right now. Listen, man, stop spoiling yourself. Allow the build to to grow there. Allow the guy to do his thing. Allow the winner to become a winner and create a winning atmosphere there. Right. So jump it off into the Saints real quick because I know I'm talking taking a lot of your time. Um, Saints preseason game last night. Of course, they lost to Houston. Whippedy doo. No Derek Stingley there. No Jarvis Landry playing. Uh, no Honey Badger playing. Uh, of course, James, famous Jameis Crab Legs, 30 for 30, was injured with a with an ankle injury, so you couldn't see him play. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, they're not going to put him there. Davenport didn't play. I don't think Cameron Jordan played. So there's a bunch of them. They had the game one. And, but, you know, they lost it at the end with a couple of big plays, busted coverages, et cetera. Just to let you know, you won't see that through the season because those guys right there won't, you know, they, they might have had to find a ride back home from Houston after that. So that that's just the way that the nature of the beast of the business goes. Not picking on them, but, hey, man, you can't fall asleep. You can't give up big plays like that, especially to lose the game. So it it is with is with that. But so I, I want to talk to you about a couple of guys that, that look good and a couple of guys that, that – outshine to other people and uh, one one guy that right off the bat you saw two guys really but one guy would talk defensively is chase hansen uh, uh, this guy no not hansen hansen yeah I, I didn't want to mess up his name and still mess up his name number 40 i believe it was uh, linebacker i mean the first play of the game busts through the line hits the gap hits uh, gets a tackle for loss on the running back then a little bit later on gets him a a pick off of a good play from wilson uh, linebacker tipping the ball up. breaking it the pass up, and he gets it, and he takes it down the field. So great defense play. This guy looks like he could be a playmaker, an instant guy, a guy who can come in instantly and play, and maybe even take reps against guys that are supposed to be ahead of him because he's second or third on the depth chart in his position. So just keep a watch out for him. One guy that I thought looked absolutely amazing um, was Andy Dalton. Five for five for a touchdown. And, look, I understand uh, there's a lot of people on the Jameis Winston fan bus, right? And they, they're trying to talk the rest of us in that he's going to be a great quarterback and a franchise quarterback, etc. And there's a lot of people that are down on Andy Dalton, even nationally, because when you looked at his, his his stops in Chicago and his stops in Dallas, it did not look good. But man, look, Chicago is a failing organization. Dallas, listen, man, they're good grief, man. I, you know, if you're a Dallas fan, God bless you. I love you because you're going through a lot. You're going through what the Saints went through for years and years and years, right? Uh, so their organization is always up and down as well, too, so you can see. And then there was everybody injured there when he, <coughs> excuse me, when Dalton was there when he had to take over for Dak. So you have that. But when you look at a guy, five to, I think five-time pro bowler, took the Bengals to the playoffs. Well, you say that's easy because Joe Burrow did it? No, 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 no. You're you're talking about Joe Burrow is something special, okay? Uh, And and honestly, you can go on ahead and say that um, Andy Dalton was pretty special too because his rookie year they went to the playoffs after not being there for a long time. And the only weapon he had was A.J. Green. And really didn't have much help on defense. Really didn't have much help from the backfield. Really didn't have much help on the offensive line. And you had an organization that wasn't committed to winning. And so you see a guy who seems to have his career – Revitalized down here, in New Orleans. Guy that wants to be in New Orleans, uh, and so that's huge. Ian Book, man, look, God bless him, man. I wanted to see him work out, but you don't really have an offensive-minded of coach to really coach him up and help him out. And look, man, he looked nervous last night. Two, maybe three turnovers. Another interception was a little high to uh, Jawan Johnson. Uh, the fumble exchange underneath the center. Uh, you yeah, know, so uh, you know, you you hope that the guy the receiver on the first one can go up. It does touch him in the hands. Yes, it was high, but you're hoping the guy, you know, bails you out and makes that catch, right? Uh, but it turns into an interception. So, uh, you know, I, he may not make the 53-man the roster. I, it, it may not happen. I was hoping and I was wishing, but it may not happen. He may end up on the practice squad. Who knows? But I will say this. There is a guy uh, on the team, receiver, I think he's from Manese, too. Did I say? I, I forgot where, where he's from. But Dixon, the receiver uh, there, from, I think he's from Manese. Anyway, Dixon looked a lot better than Alave, dude. And I will say this. Alave had the one catch that I only saw, and uh, maybe I missed one or two. But it didn't seem impressive to me, okay? And and, and maybe he's, maybe he's got to come into his own. But if you're the first-round draft pick, um, you really got to shine. And you really gotta, you really gotta take your position there, and you can't let some guy that was a undrafted free agent. I could see this where, uh, not to the extent, but back when Pierre Thomas was undrafted, and you had Michael Pittman that we drafted from, uh, uh, you know, Michael Pittman ended up playing for the Rams afterwards. But we drafted him, he didn't do diddly squat, so we we cut him and kept Pierre Thomas. And man, boy, was that a huge blessing, right? And so you got a guy in Dixon. There's only so many spots. Let's be honest. Trickle Smith is probably not going to make it. A bunch of these other guys are probably not going to make it. But Dixon looks like a beast. He's got the frame, the size, the speed, the hands, and look at the playmaking ability. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the squad. And he could push for the number three spot over Alave, which would be pretty, um, you know, disappointing since we got a first-round draft pick on the guy. And but I'm hoping that Alave really turns into a playmaker. Don't get me wrong. I hope he turns into a first-round. You know, like, not bust, but like, yes, that's what we needed. And, uh, yes, I think the guy that we have back that's even more important than Michael Thomas being back is Will Lutz, let's be honest. Because it's two, maybe three games, maybe four games that you won last year with a kicker who can just kick an extra point or a chip shot field goal to win the game. Just didn't have that last year. Welcome back, Will Lutz. We miss you, bud. We miss you so stinking much. You don't realize how important a kicker is until they lose you a couple games, right? And I'll say one more thing about the Saints before I go ahead and, you know, in this episode of Sports Sunday, this, this this podcast for this week. This is two years in a row that we have a first-round draft pick that will not be a starter. I'm not talking about Alave. Alave is most likely going to be a starter. He's most likely going to be your three, uh, your slot receiver. No, I'm sorry, your, your deep threat anyway, because Jarvis is going to be your slot receiver. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to be your number one. Uh, maybe those two guys open up holes for a lot of it. It's not not him that I'm talking about that's going to not going to start. But when you look at it, last year Peyton Peyton Turner out of Houston, the guy that had everybody scratching, why in the world did you draft this guy in the first round when you got to got him in the fourth, fifth, maybe undraft undrafted. Um, he's not even second on the on, on the depth chart at his position. He's third on the depth chart in his position actively right now. Uh, and so that's extremely disappointing that a guy that you wasted a first run, first run draft pick. And then Trevor Penning, man, Penning. Uh, this is a guy I was really excited about. But right now, he's second string. And uh, there may be some things he has to, uh, I mean, it may be some things that he has to get uh, ironed out. But he's he's not starting right now. Unless something changes in this preseason, he's he's going to be second string as well. A rotational left tackle. So, Uh, that says a lot, man. But two years in a row, you got first round draft picks that are not starting. Let me tell you this. First round draft picks are supposed to come on the field and play immediately. First round draft picks are supposed to be impact players. Second through fifth round players are supposed to be immediate players that come in and enroll players that can become impact players, maybe stars at some point. First round draft pick players are supposed to be Not bust. They're supposed to be guys that come in and start. They have an opportunity to be superstars. They're they're like Stingley is. Stingley was the first overall pick, and I'm sorry, third overall pick, but the first pick for the Houston Texans, right? He's expected to go in there and be their starting corner. Okay, that's the way that it's supposed to be, right? Unless you're a quarterback drafted later on in the first round and you have a legitimate starter ahead of somebody already. There's no reason for you to sit. There's no reason for you. You're, if you're drafted in the first round, you're supposed to be playing. You're supposed to be starting. That's just the way that it is, man. So anyway, that's that's my rant on that. I hope you all enjoyed this week's Sports Sunday. I will be getting back with you next week. Keep a lookout for my next episode. Keep a lookout on Facebook. And keep a lookout for the merch. I'm working on it. I promise you I'm really working on it. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you so much. This is your favorite podcast. and Mark Contrary with your favorite podcast. Make it a cut. See you next time, guys.